You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. This is a very, very special occasion. This is the 300th episode of The Model Health Show. When I hear 300, I'm thinking about Sparta. All right, this is Sparta. Right. This has been an incredible journey, an incredible process, and I just wanted to share something really special with you. So I decided that I'm going to go in and look at what are, what are 10 of my favorite, most powerful moments from the last 100 episodes and put them together for you in this episode. And it was, ri- it was so difficult to choose. There's so many, so many. And even, you know, I couldn't go back any further, just even having in the last hundred episodes, it's just been profound. And so I'm going to share some of those moments with you in this episode, but I also want to share a little bit about what this means to me. You know, this has been the most consistent thing I've ever done in my life. All right. Outside of loving my wife has been loving this show and dedicating myself to the research and dedicating myself to uh, putting myself in position to be able to transform lives and really taking that very, very seriously. And also understanding at the same time, not to take this stuff so seriously and marrying that together, you know, in this message of, you know, how can we translate this information that's essential, you know, for us to be the very best version of ourselves for ourselves. And that trickles out into our families, into our communities and really changing the world. But it starts with the individual and focusing on self-care, focusing on the things that we need to do as an individual that, you know, oftentimes like this stuff isn't a part of the normal conversation. You know, I went to a traditional university and 99.9% of this stuff, I didn't pick that up there, you know, and you would think that this would just be things that are handed to us. Like when we get here, you know, learning about how our amazing body works, but it's just not the case. And also learning about other things, you know, this, this show is dedicated not just to physical health, but relationship health, our financial health. Our, our spiritual well-being, you know, mental and emotional health, all of these things create sort of this kind of patchwork quilt that is our lives. You know, we are the result of these things that we're exposed to. If you're not exposed to information about creating a fit, healthy body, we're going to be deficient in that area. If you're not exposed to information on creating health in our finances, we're going to be deficient on that. So how can we learn this stuff is we have to make it a study. But studying can suck. Studying can suck sometimes. So how can we add some some joy to this process? How can we add some energy? How can we add some enlightenment, right? And that's what we strive to do here on the show. And, you know, this is, it, it really evolved out of my clinical work. You know, me having this story of going to college and, and having this experience of being diagnosed with the a, a disease that I was told by my practitioners, this is incurable. You have degenerative spinal disease. You have degenerative disc disease. My bone density was so poor, I broke my hip from running. Just running, running at, at a practice. How is that possible? You know, I was so deficient in, in these key nutrients. I was so off track of what health looks like. I thought because I was fit, I had the appearance of being fit that I was healthy. I didn't know what health was. And that experience of literally having my life stripped from me, of being somebody who's a fit person, who's an athlete, who is even cool, you know, I, 
that my ego was checked. When you have to wear a back brace in the nightclub, I'm in the nightclub like trying to do my two-step and I got a back brace on. It's not cool. Like my ego got checked. And thankfully so, you know, because I was so ironically self-centered and it's, this was a survival mechanism, you know, and I talked about this on the show before, you know, I grew up in a, in a, in various environments, but, you know, for the, the, the majority of my kind of conscious uh, evolution, you know, through grades three to, you know, when I graduated high school, it was a really volatile environment. You know, there was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of, of, um, you know, there was violence. There was clear malnutrition, you know, but there was also love, you know, there were, there were moments, there were very special moments, but it was an environment where I could not wait to get free of because I had an experience earlier in my life of having a free life of like, I had certainty, you know, living with my grandmother, I knew what I was going to wake up to. And then having that where I, I might wake up to uh, someone in my family, you know, having a black eye or somebody being arrested or these various things, you know? And so that drew me in. It really drew me in. And I didn't know, I didn't want to be a self-centered person. I was very loving as a child, you know, but I became very self-centered and self-aware and self-cautious in a strange way, self-aware, but not the self-aware that I am experienced with today, but going through that experience, experience of losing my own health and finding out all of these things that enable me to transform my body, to regenerate the tissue of my spine and my bones and my two ruptured discs retracted on their own and getting this excess weight off my frame and just feeling so good for the first time in my kind of adult life. Because when I hit adulthood, I hit disease, right? This degenerative condition, this so-called incurable condition. And I just got a, a scan of my spine done literally I just got to see it uh, two days ago. Supple, juicy discs in between the vertebrae in my spine. All right. Supple. That's one of those words you just like to say. Right. Supple. That's up there with like fluffy pajamas. Right. These are the words you just like to say. I have supple discs. Right. And the story that I was told just wasn't true. And I wanted other people to know that. I wanted other people to experience what it felt like to be free in their body, to feel healthy. And that really created the course of, of life for me and my dedication and my career path was now I'm shifting from this self-centered approach to being about service to others in the deepest, most profound way. How can I serve? How can I find a way to help this person? Whatever it takes, let me help figure this out. And in my clinical practice, the opportunity to work with um, you know, thousands of people, you know, over the years in the gym and also in my, at my office and doing consulting work. And I got to a place where, you know, working with people coming in, you know, type two diabetes, or, uh, they're on statins, they're on lisinopril for their blood pressure and hypertension, and they're on metformin and they're on, the list goes on and on and seeing this incredibly high number of reversal rates for issues like type two diabetes, for attention deficit disorder, for hypertension, high blood pressure, uh, all of these things. And I got to a point where, the, you know, the, the patient would come in. I walked them through how this disease manifested. Like, let's reverse engineer diabetes. Here's what it looks like. And I'd be on the board and I'd write and I'd make it so crystal. They felt empowered for the first time. They understood like, oh, this is how it happened. 
this is how to get better, right? Even if somebody's coming in for just general weight loss, like nobody ever explained to them, how does your body actually store fat? Like, what is the process? How does that happen? You just, I just eat some stuff. I eat too much and I, and I have too much me. That's what we think. Just like, if I just eat a lot of food, I get, but there, there are people that can eat more food than folks that are overweight and, and not gain weight, Right. What's going on behind the scenes? And so I would empower these folks. And so, but doing this day after day, person in the waiting room after the other saying the same thing over and over again, I was like, I need to write this down or I need to record this. I need to share with more people about this information because it's transformative. It's changing these people's lives, but this one-on-one context isn't going to get it. And so I decided I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that other practitioners have this information. I'm going to be uh, helping to teach more teachers so we can really create a massive movement. And that was part of the birth of the Model Health Show was packaging up this information in a way that makes sense, in a way that resonates, in a way that empowers. And from episode one all the way up to 300, instilling that, that heart and that passion to serve, and not just information, but profound knowledge, right? Something that's profound that can literally transform your life every episode when you push play. That's my dedication. And also striving to bring the very best of the best people in the world in their respective fields for you to learn from. And many of the clips that we're going to share today, these are people who had a profound impact on my life. You know, some of them even early in my career, just changing the direction of where I was even going, you know, based on some of these conversations. So I'm very, very excited to share this with you. And I'm just so grateful for you being a part of this mission, a part of my life and allowing me to be a part of your life. And I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm just getting warmed up. All right. I'm just scratching the surface because we've got, we've got a lot, we've got a lot of great things coming up and, and in store for you. And, uh, but I just want to take this time to celebrate and to celebrate you. You know, uh, I definitely have had to learn to, to stop and take time to smell the roses. You know, I've kind of had that personality of just onto the next thing, onto the next thing. But I think it's important to, to acknowledge the, the love that you give, to acknowledge when you've accomplished something special. And uh, I really feel that in this moment. And I'm just grateful to be able to share that with you. And so on that note, today, we've got 10 of the most profound individuals, 10 conversations, 10 clips from people who've had a big influence on my life. And we're going to dive right into that. But, you know, part of this process has been continuing to upgrade things, continuing to get better, not just with myself, but also with my ability to distribute the information, right? To really upgrade our level of, you know, from the audio side, the video side, and we've got some big things coming up for that as well. But who's been there to support this and support that mission is this is my family at On It. You know, they've been there for years with with supporting the show. And I literally I love them. I absolutely love them. I literally every single day utilize the emulsified MCT oil. It's one of the best, pro- I think it's one of the best things ever made. 
all right? Taking something that has all of this research and more is just pouring in on the benefits of this medium chain triglyceride oil and creating an emulsified version that's like a coffee creamer to get people to do healthy stuff that actually tastes good, that's pleasurable. You're not like taking away. Some people, they need the cream. Right? They're like, I need my coffee, five creams, all right? And they're just putting in like this heavily processed, artificial whatever. They're putting that hitter in their veins, that artificial right into their veins, all right? And wonder why they're acting fake, all right? I hope you caught that, artificial, fake. Yeah, they're doing that versus something like this. And they taste amazing. The, uh, the uh, almond milk latte, the new one, outstanding, absolutely amazing. But this is my family, you know, the, these are all, uh, the whole he headquarters down in Austin is one of the coolest places in the world. The, the people there absolutely love what they're doing and they're doing stuff the right way. And that's what really matters most to me. You know, the sourcing, the, the care that goes into the formulas and making sure that everybody in the process is being taken care of in an upstanding way, you know? So since this has been something that's been a gift for all of us and a gift in my life, I want to make sure that you're getting this gift. So I want to get this gift to you from on it. And here's what I want you to know about this gift. There's a study published in Medicine and Science and Sports and Exercise that looked at 30 healthy athletes for six weeks to record the effects of cordyceps on their performance. The group that added cordyceps in their daily regimen had twice the oxygen intake of the control group. Oxygen is supplying essential minerals, nutrients to the muscles, preventing fatigue, helping to prevent the buildup of lactate, and a study done by the same group showed 9% increase in aerobic activity from taking cordyceps. All right, cordyceps medicinal mushroom, clinically proven to improve your performance. 9% is substantial. Absolutely crazy. And people are taking these crazy pre-workouts with just all of this, again, processed, chemical, synthetic stuff. And not, we don't understand the long-term ramifications of that. Cordyceps has been used for literally thousands of years. And they're sourcing this, again, they're getting the very best quality, not cutting corners, doing the right thing. But also what I love about on it is that they did their own 12-week clinical trial that they paid for out of their own pocket. And this was done at Florida State University. But here's the thing. It wasn't like we're going to fund a study and like do it our way. This is a double-blind placebo-controlled study, gold standard. And they found that utilizing Shroom Tech Sport, which is their cordyceps pre-workout formula, increased bench press reps by 12%, increased combined bench press and back squat reps by 7%, increased cardio performance by 8.8%. There you have it, right on track with the research that was published from the study that I talked about earlier. It's the real deal. So if you're gonna utilize a pre-workout this is it. Or if you need a pre-life, you know, sometimes we just need that, that extra, that extra boost, you know, to really push through, you know, if you got a lot on your work plate or your, um, you know, your schedule, everything, it's safe, natural. There's no like weird, crazy spike. It's just natural, utilizing your body's own natural energy. All right. Just helping everything to work a little bit better. We've got cordyceps, methylated B12 in there. This, which is the actually usable form of B12. And here's what the gift is for today, episode 300, free. You're getting a free bottle, free bottle, trial bottle for you to try yourself of Shroom Tech Sport from on it, all right, as a gift. So I want you to go to themodelhealthshow.com forward slash sport. That's the model 
healthshow.com forward slash sport, you get a free bottle, all right? Coming right to your door. So definitely take advantage, all right? This is for free, all right? It's a good effort. Take advantage, all right? Themodelhealthshow.com forward slash sport. And on that note, let's get to the iTunes review of the week. Another five-star review titled, Thank You, Sean, by M. Zen. You can hear the genuine enthusiasm in Sean's voice. He truly cares about each topic he covers. I love the dynamic between Sean and each guest he brings on to the Model Health Show. I'm engaged. I'm learning and I feel like they're in the room with me. As someone who is always trying to get their partner to eat, live, and feel healthier. When I finally got my boyfriend to listen to a couple episodes, he's hooked. Thank you for leading such a great example and for putting love and great energy into what you truly care about. Mm, thank you so much. What an incredible story. That is, that's just powerful. Very, very awesome. And thank you for that acknowledgement. And just thank you for being amazing and for sharing, you know, because that's what it is at the end of the day. It's not just about us. It's how can we influence in, in, a, in a kind and compassionate way the people that we care about so that we can all be on this process of becoming the best version of ourselves and supporting each other. You know, that's what it's really about. But sometimes the voices of proximity, we don't listen, right? So being able to have, this is another reason why I do this. You know, you could send this to a family member, whatever the topic is, and share it with them. And they have kind of a definitive guide in a way that can inspire them, that makes sense to them, that often inspires action. And so please remember, never hesitate to share, never hesitate in a concern about what somebody might think when you have something that can help, you know, because you never know. You never know what kind of transformation that can be created just by sharing something like what we do here on the Model Health Show. So thank you so much and everybody for heading over to Apple Podcasts and leaving a review for the show. Please do so if you haven't done so. All right. I appreciate it so much. It sound like myself. I'd like to introduce myself. All right. But on that note, listen, this is a very special episode because 300, it's, it's just kind of hard to wrap my mind around and how many hours have gone on behind the scenes of being able to uh, show up as the best version of me and to deliver this information and to bring on the very best people in the world in their respective fields. And this episode, we've got 10, 10 of the most influential people who I've had on the show, who've influenced my life in various forms. And we're gonna go ahead and kick that off. The first one that I have for you is a conversation that I had with Dr. Bruce Lipton. Now, Bruce Lipton transformed my life. He transformed my thinking. He's the one who introduced into my life after watching a lecture of his, the concept of epigenetics. You know, I, I didn't know what it was. I, know, I knew that Genes did not determine things like I was taught in school, but I didn't know that we had a whole field of science that was looking at like, yeah, this is obvious. We've known this for decades. And his swagger and his experience, the things that he's been through and the things that he's had to really uh, to, to, to persevere through to get the information out in his book, The Biology of Belief, is just absolutely classic. And so to have him on the show, such a special moment for me, you know, and... Um, he talks about in this clip uh, correlation and causation, all right, which are two totally different things that often get mistaken for each other. And understanding a little bit about, again, epigenetics is above genetic control and understanding we have 
20 to 25,000 genes that we share as humans, it's not really that many. How do we have such variation in our appearance and our levels of health and our, our, our intelligence? It's because all 25,000 of those genes have thousands of different potential expressions based on the way that we live our lives. And the man to share that with you and the man who brought into my life is Dr. Bruce Lipton. Let's check it out. Sean, there's two words that conventional science mixes up. Uh, well, it's not conventional science. Actually, the media in talking about science mixes up. And, that, and these two words are uh, correlation and causation. They use these words interchangeably. A gene causes cancer. I go, no, no, no. A gene is correlated with cancer. It does not cause cancer. See, so uh, we have to get out of the belief that genes are making decisions and genes are controlling our lives. Uh, and this is why the new science uh, epigenetics is a revolution that will change the planet. It is, it is as much a revolution as when Newtonian physics went into quantum physics and the world changed. Today, going from genetics to epigenetics is the same massive jump uh, that will change civilization. Uh, and I say, well, what's the difference? They almost sound the same. And I go, when I say genetic control, which is what I was teaching in medical school, Genetic control simply means control by genes. So people out there believe, oh, my cancer is caused by genes. My diabetes is caused by genes. Whatever it is is caused by genes. That's the belief. And I go, yeah, but, but the fact is this. Genes do not cause anything. Genes are not capable of turning themselves on and off. Genes have no, what, in bigger words, self-actualization, meaning genes don't make decisions. Genes are blueprints. They're blueprints to make the physical body parts. I go, well, why is it relevant? I say, because when you're building the body, the contractor calls up the blueprints. The blueprints don't call themselves up. And then they go, contractor? I go, yeah. The mind, the brain, the nervous system reads the world and then adjusts the body to deal with the world. So the mind calls up the genes. And now when I say epigenetic control, which is the new science, remember genetic control controlled by genes, new science, epigenetic control sounds the same, but epi means above. So when I say epigenetic control, I am saying control above the genes. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, the genes don't control. I go, no, genes never control anything. Genes are blueprints. Epigenetics means the environment, and, and here's the one that I want people to just emphasize this one, the environment and our perception of the environment yeah. is what controls our genes. And I go, why is it relevant? Because we can alter the environment and we can change our perception, meaning then the genes are under our control. They're not, we're not under the control of genes. We control them. So the here's important data fact. Less than 1%, less than 1% of diseases controlled by genes. So I say, well, wait. Hold on, Bruce, What's... wait. Hold on. You got to say that again. Say that again. Less than 1% of disease is controlled by genes. There are very few diseases that one gene causes disease. Hemophilia, for example, might be one of them. Tay-Sachs disease is another one like that. And I say, yeah, but my God, 99% of disease didn't come from the genes. It came from lifestyle. 
and environment. And that's where epigenetics is the controlling factor. So 99% of health issues are not because the body is defective. 99% of health issues is that the driver of the body, the contractor, the brain, the mind is not in harmony. And when it's out of harmony, the body is a complement. So the body is out of harmony. And if you look at it, it's like, well, it makes beautiful sense. It says if you're sick, it's a reflection of something yeah. that, that's not in harmony. All right, next up for this celebration, 300 episodes, these top 10 moments, is a conversation I had with Lisa Nichols. All right, Lisa Nichols, she flew in, came in here in the studio to hang out with me, and just such an enlightening individual. Just like you feel so good being around her. She has that. She has that vibe. She's she's something special through and through. And she helps us to recognize how special we are. And the very best people, that's what they do. It's not about them. It's about them inspiring that life in you. And so one of the things that we covered and, you know, this idea that I was surprised she talked about uh, in this clip relates to this Nelson Mandela quote that carrying resentment is like drinking poison, believing that it's going to kill your enemy. And this is what we do to ourselves when we carry around hatred and resentment in our bodies, in our own minds, in our own tissues. It's not just the fact of like, this sounds like something that's emotionally stressful. Like this is a literal physical uh, phenomenon that takes place because every thought you have creates chemistry in your body. Your thoughts create chemistry in your body. But to articulate the life behind it, to articulate the message behind what that means, there's nobody better than Lisa Nichols. My job, your job is to get up and like you. And every other like on Facebook is bonus. <laughs> but you <laughs> yeah. liked you first. Yeah. And, and I think the journey to liking you, the journey to getting to that place, that's where where everyone's seeking. That's what people seek when they step on my campus. That's what people seek. And, and ideally, we watch people get to that point when they've studied with us for a while. And what that looks like is, if you want to know, in my opinion, the first thing to do is to become whole and complete with every decision you've ever made. Because we're, we're holding ourselves hostage to our past decisions, actions, behaviors, the things we did that we felt we shouldn't do, and the things that we felt we should have taken a leap on that we didn't take a leap on. So one, become whole and complete with all of your past decisions. Because when you know more, you do more. And you made all your decisions based on what you knew at the time. And you can't measure the man or woman you are based on the decision you made back then based on what you know now. You didn't know then what you know now. If I knew then at 29, what I know now at 51, excitedly my 51, I wouldn't have made those decisions, but I knew what I knew. And so I did what I did based on what I knew. So one, become whole and complete with, your, with, with all your decisions. Two, recognize that forgiveness is not about partnering anyone else in your life. Decision is about opening up more internal real estate for love and possibility in yourself. So I think forgiveness of yourself and forgiveness of others. So if you ask me the two things, one is to become whole and complete with your decisions and your actions from 20 years ago. Become whole and complete 
with those because you knew what you knew. That's why you did what you did. And two, recognize that forgiveness is not about partnering a behavior. It's not about giving. Um, it's not about giving acceptance to what occurred. It's about opening up more real estate in your body, in your heart and in your soul for what's possible in the future because two things can't occupy the same space. So where there's hate, anger, shame, blame, there cannot be love and possibility. Those two things, if you just focus on those two things, yeah, I can give you a list of 12 things, but those two can keep you busy. Right. So yeah. laser yes. focus. We're, we, we often operate like a floodlight, trying to cover a whole lot of ground when we should op operate like a laser. Let me penetrate this. Let me master this. Let me heal this. Let me go back. When I decided to heal my, to uh, forgive my son's father, that's all I worked on for a year. That's yeah. every exercise I did was about him because I don't want to keep touching it for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Now yeah. I have a beautiful relationship with him. I spotlighted him at my conference. I call, you know, he calls me on the phone. I tell him call me, from prison. He wow. calls me on the phone. Oh, I put him on goodness. the mic system. I spotlight him. He's written 14 books in prison. Like now I use him as the model example for get it done no matter where you are. Yeah. You know, because I did the work, I forgave myself. I was in an abusive relationship where my fiance at the time picked me up and threw me three feet across the room. And then he choked me until I passed out. 13 years later, I ran into him at a conference. I used to, couldn't go to his state. I was so afraid that yeah. I would run into him. Yeah. And he's 6'9", 310 pounds. He was huge. So he was physically um, uh, um, imposing, imposing yeah. uh, as well as physically imposing in my life. And I did the work on him. I did the work on him for nine straight years. Nine straight years. So when I ran into him, not ran into him, he came to my conference. So it was very intentional. Um, he came to ask for my forgiveness. Mm. And I said, I needed to give myself life. So I forgave you a long time ago yeah. for me. So you just need to forgive you because I already did the work. I had no angst or energy or anger around him. I felt a little uncomfortable, but I had no, there was no residual anger because I love, I had to fall madly in love with Lisa. The woman you see sitting here is simply the result of saying, what does it look like to fall madly in love with me? And not in a bragging way, not in a way that spews on to other people, but in a way that I say every day I'm going to give myself a chance. Every day, every day I get to press reset. I get to press reset a thousand times. And when I get to 999, I get to press reset on the reset button. And, and what happens if I did that? And so you're right. Valuing who I show up to be means um, pardoning myself from all my choices that I've been judging and I've had shame around. And then it also means forgiving myself and others um, for the times in which their actions didn't align with their heart. Yeah. I think it's those two things, accepting and, and, and forgiving, and those have been the two biggest things in my life. All right, next up on this top 10 is with Mark Sisson, all right? Mark is just a beast, all right? He's in his 60s, and he's really highlighting, and you can hear the vitality in his voice, that there's this idea of we have this kind of chronological age, but today we have this new term called our fitness age. And you can have your biomarkers be that of somebody, you know, 5, 10, 20, 30 years younger than you. You know, and he's incredibly fit, but incredibly, there's so much vitality that just comes through when you're with Mark. He's just, he's on a, a, another level and he's sharing with people like, this is how you do it. And that's what's so special to me about this moment is 
I also made it a goal to highlight individuals that can talk about longevity because I'm not that old. You know, I know a lot about the science, but practical application and experience. I do have a wealth of experience for sure. And the great opportunity is I got in this when I was very young because of out of necessity. So I was able to kind of get a jump start on a lot of these things. And a lot of folks who are coming into the game now in a way, you know, but Mark has been doing this for decades. And so when he's talking about longevity and the science of longevity, listen, all right, get those ears, like pull them out a little bit, poke them out, listen deeply, listen with your, with your inner ears as well. Listen with your heart because it's something very special. This is how we evolved was taking time and really paying attention to the elders, right? The people who've been there before to help you to avoid those problems and to find solutions if you are going through things to show you the right way, you know? So you could take that and build on it. The concept of standing on the shoulders of giants, that's what I'm into. That's what I believe. And Mark is definitely one of those giants. So here's a conversation, episode 257. Check it out. There's been about two and a half million years of human evolution. By the way, hundreds of millions of years of evolution before that, all leading up to this ability to consume excess calories. So we're wired to see a big thing of food, could be a grove of, of fruits, could be a mastodon that we just killed, could be some roadkill that some other animal got, but we're wired to eat and we're wired to overeat because the body was in, in this crucible of evolution, we had periods of feast and periods of famine. And so during the periods of feast, you, you're wired to overeat. The beauty of that is we are so adept at taking excess energy and storing it as fat on our bodies. Now, almost to a fault today, right? Mm, so many right. people are adept at storing fat. But, but our ancestral, uh, our predecessors were also great at taking this stored fat and when there was no food for a day or two or three, take this energy that we'd stored as body fat and then put it back into circulation, burn it as fuel and use it to live on for days or weeks at a time. So it was this sort of elegant back and forth ability to store fat, take it out of storage and use it. And that's really the skill that we're trying to develop here. We have the skill already. We all know we can store body fat, yeah. but many of us have lost the skill to be able to take that fat out of storage and burn it as fuel and, there, and reduce the amount of stored body fat on our bodies and trend toward our ideal body composition um, and take that energy and not have to eat a meal every four hours all mm -hmm. day long, uh, but to be so metabolically flexible and metabolically efficient that that energy is always there for us, uh, whether or not we're eating, whether or not we're eating enough. Uh, that energy is always there for us in the face of um, a, you know, a, a business meeting that gets in the way of uh, you know, lunch or a trip across the country in a plane that doesn't serve food or just choosing not to oh, skip dinner tonight because I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. Why should yeah, I eat? What a concept. What of a that concept. Too. Right. Yeah. Uh, and in developing this metabolic flexibility, um, we also, and like this is the greatest side benefit of all, hunger, appetite, and cravings get suppressed. Right. You no longer live your life from one meal to the next going, oh, lunch was great, but what's for dinner, Sean? Where are we going for dinner? Um, you think more in terms of like, oh, I've got plenty of energy. I got plenty, I'm building muscle or maintaining muscle. I don't get sick. I'm not hungry. A, why do I need to eat? 
you know, right now, or why do I need to eat because it says it's 6.30 and that's always dinner time. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it opens up this amazing new freedom and flexibility to allow you to, be, to, un, to untether yourself from hunger and appetite and cravings. All right, we're at number four, and we've already covered, listen, these three individuals have had a huge impact on my life. Bruce Lipton, that was episode 235. Lisa Nichols, episode 234. Mark Sisson, 257. But when we talk about huge impact on my life, you don't think I could do a top 10 and one of them not be my wife, do you? I mean, Captain Obvious, you know? It's so my wife, Ann Stevenson, having her on the show, having conversations with her. I get to talk to her every day, which is just the best. Like I have the biggest smile on my face right now because it's just the greatest gift. I feel like she is my gift for every good thing that I've ever done in my life. She's the the gift that I get. And I'm fine with that. All right. I don't need, I don't need presents. All right. I don't need any, you know, Santa Claus situation. I'm good with her, you know? And so uh, this conversation is very important because she's been there. She's highlighting uh, a very profound understanding. You know, she's been in arduous situations and seeing it in, in her own household growing up and also, you know, in her earlier years before she met me, all right? I don't acknowledge anybody before me, but there was a life prior and she saw, you know, the various ways that relationships can go. And so she has uh, a, a bit of experience in this and understanding it's really about you knowing your value and knowing your worth and standing firm in your belief and in your truth and allowing that to guide your relationship and not living with fear, you know? Stepping into your power, this is a, a continued theme with everybody, with all of these individuals that we're highlighting today on this special episode. You know, it's not about uh, something that's kind of abstract or, you know, something that's a very, you know, just kind of like, it sounds like a good idea, but it's very actionable, you know, and for us to be the best version of ourselves, we have to step into our power and understand that it is our responsibility. It's our responsibility to live our lives the way that we decide to. And with that, here's my wife, Ann Stevenson. I know truly that women we we have this superpower that we want to we try and ignore it, it you know you i knew it was there been before realizing and having birth, home birth and all of that it was there it was just like i didn't want to own up to it i felt that i wanted to shy away from it um but it it just kept on coming and again situations will come forth for you to express that so I first is just the realization that if you are a wife and or a girlfriend or whatever, it's like you do take control of the relationship in, in, in a different aspect, but you're able to, you're kind of the driver. You're able to, you know, they always say um, you, you can train your man how you want them to treat you. And it was just like, wow, how am I supposed to do that? Like they, you know, they seem like they know, you know, they're hard headed they can't listen. The thing is, they don't want to be without you. Hmm. Plain and simple. Yeah. Like, I mean, the one, and if they don't, like, obviously they're not the one for you. 
And again, it's not about abusing your power. It's you've always been able to see the bigger picture before it happens. And I'm speaking to the ladies. We are always able to see it. Even when it's a small inkling, something happens. I know you can testify to this so many times. I've told you about something. Mm -hmm. And then, sure enough, it comes to pass. But it had to happen so many times. I think some men, it might have to take so many times for it to happen where it's like, I told you so. Yeah, should have listened to Mamacita. Right. Should have listened. Until now, he just has to come be like, what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) True. You know, but... And then that we talk about that patience of... Being there and being like, you know what, he'll get it. But you know who you're in the relationship with and what routes you have to, for you, I knew you would get it at some point. But some things we just have to go through the motions with it. But as women, it's like standing up to that role. Because if you don't, no one else will. And, And I know sometimes it seems unfair. Like, well, he should, you know... No, he's busy. He has his own role and he knows what he's here to do for you. He is the like he can be the provider or uh, however, whatever title that you have, the complexity of the relationship. But standing up, standing up for that because no one else will. That means you taking control of what happens in the house. This is what we're going to do in the mornings. We're going to talk this out. I don't care what happens. No. Yeah, you want to go? Okay, if you go, then these are the consequences. Mm. And, and that's another part I feel. They're so afraid if they set consequences that their man will leave them. Then obviously it wasn't for you. Mm. And it's, I'm sorry it hurts to say that, but it's the truth. He's then they were not there for you because if they are, they're willing to battle it out. If that means they're going to sit there and y'all going to like talk for five hours straight to figure out what is going on because you are worth it. Yeah. But it takes for you to recognize that because a man cannot, is not going <laughs> to shine that light for you to do that. And the thing is, every woman knows this is true. They feel it in their heart. It's just that afraid of, if I do it, the love will be taken away. I don't want to be too strong or, you know, all these small things. And, and, and the funny thing, a man will embrace that. It will embrace it and will uplift you up even more. So um, I, I think patience, but also just following your innate gut to just follow through, stand up and being strong. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. This is like, babe, when you said he doesn't want to be without you, man, that hit my soul. Like (laughs) I definitely do not want to be without you. What does it take? (laughs) What do I have to do? You know? And I'm just going through scenarios in my mind. Like what if I'm upset? What if I'm like really hurt about something? So, I still don't want to be without you. So I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know, and. Um, and yeah. can I say something, too, though? I, you know, and when I say this, sometimes, you know, like there'll be people where it's like, I'm just going to do it and being this strong voice. But I think also to add compassion to it, 
like also seeing what you need to do to become that woman first because there's always inner work to be done and and when the more you do inner work the more compassionate you will be for your mate and you will know the right way to say things but still being that firm individual yeah. that is willing to stand for themselves to to be that voice that they know like it's been in their heart all this time up next is a conversation with one of my favorite people on the planet, Shalene Johnson. Shalene is an absolute powerhouse. She's somebody who has stepped into her power and she's the walking, talking, living example of what that looks like. And the reason that this conversation made it here today was Shalene had a big impact in my life because she was one of the first people who was outwardly promoting the idea that you don't have to beat yourself to the ground in order to be successful, that you can have it all. You can have a great family life and create a great business. You can have a great family life and have great health. And this is something that I believed. I just wasn't hearing that story. I was hearing, you know, hustle your face off, grind, 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 and, you know, work, work all these crazy hours. But what about the kids? What is up with these people's kids when they're saying this stuff? How's that? What's that relationship look like? You know, what what we become deficient in things if we're not paying attention to them. You know, there's this, the grass is greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. And we need to take care of the various parts of our life's landscape, you know, if that makes sense. And so her stepping up and saying, you know what, there is a way to find not balance, but to be able to have these sections of your life to have more integration, right? To have more flow. And it's really about structure. One of the things in this clip she's highlighting is how our internal environment is a direct reflection of our external environment, all right? What's going on internally with our health, with what's going on in our mind. If there's a lot of clutter around you, if there's a lot of just mess if there's a lot of stuff outside of you it becomes a distraction it takes away mental energy that could be going towards getting this job done and then spending time with your family or whatever the case might be it takes away our efficiency it takes away our effectiveness and we have no idea how much until this very special episode with Shalene, which was episode 287 all right episode 287 and we got into some of the science and it's just like, it's shocking. I, it, it just, it was so profound to hear this information. And it also was so practical. It was like, oh, of course that makes sense. And that's what I love about what Shalene does. So she shares that she doesn't think people should even start a new diet until they get their life uncluttered. And here's why. Because it's an obstacle. I think it's an obstacle that most people don't recognize that chaos is not okay. Like chaos is, prevents you from being present. It prevents you from being focused. It prevents you from moving forward. And then, when you, so we, when we have an obstacle that's there and we don't see it, we just keep running into it and we think, oh, well this diet's failed me. Oh, I'm not good at business. But meanwhile, there's this, this obstacle that you just keep hitting and you don't realize that's what it is. So I. I just think people need to first be aware of how much chaos and disorganization is in your environment. Hmm. 
because it does something to your mind. It does a lot to your mind. It's, it affects our bodies. Um, a study showed that 44% of people said that they make unhealthy food choices when their home feels messy. When, mm. you know, and that's a lot of people, a lot of the time, whose homes feel messy. It affects our happiness, it affects our relationships. Um, respondents said that 55% of the time, they feel much more motivated when their home is tidy. That's crazy. That is. To think that you can impact, you know, motivation's huge. You need motivation to be kind. You need motivation to eat healthy, to exercise, to start your business, yeah. uh, to be focused, to be present. Like those things require motivation. So if you can be 50% better just by having mm -hmm. a more organized space and that's free, do it. All right, we are at the halfway mark. That is five of these top moments in the celebration of 300 episodes of The Model Health Show. And these are the top 10 moments we're going through of these influential people in my life and just these special moments of the show in the last 100 episodes. Again, it was so, so very difficult to choose, but you know, these people are just very special to me and they've delivered some profound, powerful information for all of us. And I'm just very grateful to, to share this moment with you and to give these highlights and these powerful nuggets for us to take with us as we continue to move forward. And part of this process of moving forward is, is up-leveling, is up-leveling our, our fitness, is up-leveling what we're doing with our recovery and also with our nutrition. And who's been there and has been a part of my life for the last couple years now as far as like what I'm giving my family to fill those nutritional gaps, we're not doing the, the Flintstone. I'm not giving my son a Flintstone vitamin, but I did grow up on it myself. And I would gladly like, I'd probably, if it was left to my own accord, if my grandma didn't just toss me one, like a Scooby snack, like here's something. I'm like, rah, 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 grandma, right? She tossed a Scooby snack vitamin and I'm on my way. I would eat the whole bottle. All right. I'm probably going to toxic shock, but that's not, we think that that's the solution is like taking these vitamin pills when they're synthetic. They're not even from real earth grown sources. So do we actually know if they're impacting our body on our cells, our genes, because those, those transcribe data directly to our genes. There is no middleman in many senses with the nutrients we bring in. They directly impact our genes and our genetic expression. All right. So keeping that in mind, what are we, what are we feeding ourselves when we're doing these synthetic vitamins, trying to cover these bases because we're told this is what we should do. My mission is to make sure we're getting these from real whole food sources. This is why I love Organifi so much. They're using real concentrated whole superfoods to give us bioavailable nutrients, cold processed so that we're still retaining the nutrients. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's something that I use that I give for my, my family. I'm always giving away the go packs. What I'm really into right now is the Organifi Gold, all right? You gotta be on the green juice. That's a given. Are you on the gold yet? The gold, the highlight here, the biggest part of the formula is turmeric. And it's such an important thing because of all the data, so many studies showing its profound impact on inflammation. And this carries over into things like cancer prevention. For example, Compounds in turmeric have been found to have anti-angiogenesis properties. So this is this means it literally is able to cut off the nutrient supply, the blood supply to cancer cells. What do you know that can do that? It's absolutely, it's just like 
and it's, it's available for us. This is something we have access to. And we need to be paying attention to these things as prevention as well. So we're not even in a, in a state where we're trying to fight cancer. You know, and we have several episodes dedicated to the topic of cancer, you know, cancer prevention, uh, cancer treatment. So we'll put a couple of those in the show notes. We've got a lot of show notes today with all these top 10 elements, but I want to make sure that people know about this and know about the science behind it. One of the things in the Organified Gold, turkey tail. Turkey tail. It's not like literally like a tail of a turkey, by the way. It's a medicinal mushroom. And researchers uh, in 2013 conducted studies on turkey tail extract and found that it had anti-ulcer effects and it could selectively kill gastric cancer cells. Yep. Turkey tail. It's in the gold formula. All right. And it tastes so good. And what I love most about it is that it seriously is a treat. It t- it's got like a holiday taste to it. You know, the holidays have a taste. It's like tasting a holiday. It's like tasting a winter vacation, all right? So good. And we've got, again, turmeric is a highlight. We've got the medicinal mushrooms in there. There's like some the coconut in there. It's just such a great flavor. And it's doing some incredible things for our health. So check it out. Get yourself on the Organifi Gold. Head over to Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model. You get 20% off the green juice, the red juice, the new gold, which I'm just a huge fan of the gold. I'll do like a vanilla protein shake, and then I'll put a scoop of the gold in there. Sets it off like Jada Pinkett. Sets it off. So good. All right, so let's get into our final five, the next five here on this top 10 moments from the past 100 episodes in celebration of 300. This is Sparta. All right, 300 episodes of the Model Health Show. Next one is with the one and only Dr. Mehmet Oz. And Dr. Oz has just been, he's an icon. Icon alert. He's an icon in culture and in the field of, you know, this is a, he's a traditional MD. He does heart surgeries. But it starts to become apparent to him that he could do more to prevent people from being on his operating table in the first place. And he really took a shift in his career and dedicated his life to getting some of the latest information out there. And it was a big risk and he's taken a lot of arrows, you know, but he's such a great human being, such a great heart, such a courageous person. And just being around him and his team and seeing how much he's just very loving and giving and focused individual, you know, he cares a lot about people and his, his team just reiterated in like separate conversations with people on his team, just, noting how good of a person and how kind he is. And, you know, it's definitely something that I pick up whenever I get a chance to hang out with him. So having him on the show was definitely uh, a great gift. And we had some incredible takeaways, just like nugget after nugget after nugget of like insight. And some of the first things I learned about hormone function in relationship to our satiety controls in our body and how we store fat, I learned from Dr. Oz. You know, listening to his audiobooks, reading his his books and articles, you know, just such a long time ago. You know, so again, such a a great gift and and a joy and a great fortune to be able to have him here on the show. And so here's a little bit from our conversation with Dr. Oz. I played sports through college. I studied my body to be able to play sports. I got smarter and smarter as I realized certain things would make me yawn on the sideline mm-hmm. and other things made me a, a tiger. 
And then I began to realize it wasn't just about genetics. There were other things that I could do to hack my body to perform at a higher level. Yeah. But it was, when I went to med school, I learned a lot about why those things worked. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize as I advanced in my life that I was helping people in the ways I thought they needed to be helped, but it was a little too little too late. And it was my wife, really, who was the catalyst, who would pester me. It's the last yeah. voice I heard falling asleep at night, <laughs> saying, you know, people aren't getting the message because you're not giving it to them. Doctors aren't giving America the message that we need to hear. You're doing your best in your offices, but they need to hear it before they come to your office. Yeah. So that really sinks in. And that's why it's dedicated my life to what we're doing now. Absolutely. So was this kind of the the catalyst for the you books? Yeah. You, the owner's manual? That was my first introduction to you. <laughs> so I was just fresh out of college listening to the audio book in my, in my Ford Explorer so, and just fascinated. <laughs> so as you drove along your Ford Explorer, what you were hearing was a... Uh, a vision that actually my Lisa, my wife, had uh, articulated that took me a little while to get it, but when I finally got it, uh, and it got on my vision board too, it made a lot of sense. And there's a there's a, sur- a doctor named Mike uh, Roizen who's yeah. at the Cleveland Clinic, and the two of us started collaborating because I had made a series of shows for Discovery Channel called Second Opinion. And my thought was, everyone ought to get a second opinion. And that can be actually a second opinion from someone who's knowledgeable about health, not necessarily another doctor, because you want to triangulate decisions you make in your life. And the series had run, and we thought, there's so much stuff here we got to talk about with America. And the problem is people, they see health content is sour and dour. Everyone thinks that that if it's healthy, it can't be good. I I mean, I'll give you an example. Companies that make food will often not, not, even if they make it healthier, won't admit it. Because they assume mm, right. you'll think it doesn't taste good anymore. Yeah. And so that we've, we're in a society where people will hide the good stuff almost because they don't want to turn you off. Now, that doesn't have to be that way. I mean, I love understanding my body. I, I adore that I can change it for the better. I think people like that when they can finally get past the fear of not understanding what's really happening. And so we started to say, okay, how do you best do that? Well, the most you know, intricate things you have in your life your electronics, your refrigerator, your car, they all have owner's manuals. Yeah. Except you. Yeah. And then we thought, well, you know, if we just say it's about you, well, you can't duck. And it's not the, I'm pointing at you, blaming you, you. It's the fonts. Hey, how about you, man? What's, where are you with this <laughs> thing? How come, you know, why aren't you showing up in your own life? And Mike Roizen's ancestor, relative, had made the U.S. Army posters with the guy, you know, Uncle Sam pointing at you, the recruitment mm, posters. Wow. And so it was that same finger. So we took that hand, yep. pointing at you, tried to, it, it so much went into this, I can't t- tell you, trying to adjust your hand so it's not a accusative hand, yep. but a supportive, hey, come on over here, guy. We can do it together. And that was really about you. Yep. Uh, the whole mantra was be part of us, all of us, because we all do it together. And if you come along with us, we'll make something really big happen. And that yep. made, you know, the first book was called You, The Owner's Manual, because we figured the most valuable thing you own that dwarfs in importance anything else you ever got from your parents, your body, yeah. ought to have an owner's manual. Absolutely. So you actually know how to use it. Ah, man, I totally agree with that. And I think it's one of the greatest gifts that you can have is to understand this amazing body that you live in. Like, we're, we're not leaving here with anything, right? And all this, like, it's kind of like a little morbid, but somebody's going to live in your house one day, all right? <laughs> right. But your body is the one thing you own. Like, this is your, your home. And the more that you can, just basic stuff, know about taking care of your body, it can empower you. But, so, but for a lot of people, it's an away game, right? They, they don't really understand yeah. their body, so they're never quite comfortable in it. Right, and they and, outsource it. Exactly. Yeah. 
And then, then you get into problems because then it's really hard to put the pieces together and you don't trust the, 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 the deepest, most valuable judge, your own instinct. Mm-hmm. Do you feel good with that or not? And I think not trusting that becomes a problem. That's why people, I think, will have trouble with diets. You go on a diet that's so miserable, you can't possibly do it your whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, your life will seem longer, but it won't be longer. Right. Uh, and so you, you want to get people to do what they love doing and just happens to be healthy. And that's why I, th- I think thin people who are thin stay that way. I mean, I'll give you an example. I, I, I've been r- roughly the same weight. I actually lost a little weight since I was playing football in college just because I had more muscle now. Now I'm a, little, a weakling. <laughs> but the, but my, my, my fat content is probably not all that different. I love nuts. I mean, I adore them. And I used to always feel badly when I was eating nuts because I knew they were fattening. Yeah. And I was eating something that was going to make me fat, but I never seemed to get fat. Now, go figure. And then I be, finally started to research it. It turns out every study ever done on nuts shows that people who eat nuts actually lose weight or stay the same. They don't gain weight. Then I got to thinking, well, why was that? It's fat. If any fatty things make you fat, then why isn't it making me fat? And I've had the epiphany. I think everyone sort of acknowledges now, and I don't know why I was so late to come upon it, that the body's not counting calories. Your brain doesn't care about calories. It cares about nutrients. Give me the stuff that I need to live my life. And if it doesn't have a lot of calories or, or empty calories, you'll be fine. Dr. Oz is just amazing. Absolutely love him. So that was episode 289 of the Model Health Show. And next up at number seven of these top 10 moments is with my truly great friend, Jim Quick. All right. And this is episode 232. He's been on the show a few times. The reason that I must, we're covering a variety of different things for sure in this top 10, because that's what health is really about. It's having health in multiple areas of our lives. And Jim is he's all about the brain. You know, he's one of the smartest people that I know. I've seen him do mental feats that would just knock your socks off. Uh, there was an, an event where, you know, Jim was on stage. He passed the microphone around to 50 different people, had all of them say a two digit number, like, you know, 17, 41, the next person, you know, pass the mic again, 07, pass the mic again, 37, you know, just on and on 50 numbers. And he just stood there. He just stood there like like the G that he is. And after it was over, he wrote all the numbers down from his memory, all hundred numbers, just from standing there listening, just within a matter of minutes. He just knows how to store this data. And this is what he shares in his, in his programs and in, in his live events. I've been to several of Jim's events and been a part of them. And I just think he's a, an outstanding human being. And um, he did, by the way, he he did it forward and backwards. Okay. Crazy pants. And by the way, he was just reciting it back. He wasn't writing it down. Somebody was behind him writing the numbers down and he just remembered them, you know? So the power of the mind, that's what Jim is all about. And one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reason that I included him in this top 10 is the impact he's had on my life as a friend. Like he's, he's been there. I'm talking like early, early in my career when I'm just trying to figure out how do I transition this from like working with people in a one-on-one context to doing stuff online, to doing these events and things like that. He was right there as a kind of support and just acknowledging me. And he saw something, he knew something special was happening. Right. And he's continued to just invite me in and, and find ways to, to, to pour back into my life. And so he's, he's been a, a good friend and I've learned a lot from him and been able to 
again, kind of pour back into his life as well and uh, just love him, you know? So here is a conversation with the one and only Jim Quick. So the multitasking, I completely agree with you. The research is showing there's a study at University of London saying that it actually lowers your IQ, similar to if you stayed up all night and pulled an all-nighter, you yeah. drop it 15 points. And so the goal here is you could you could task multitask in terms of doing something physical and something mental. You could be on the phone and going for a walk, but yeah. two cognitive intensive tasks, it's not possible to be able to do it. Um, and so people are actually, it's taken anywhere from an extra five to 20 minutes to regain your focus and your flow. Right. Yep. Um, there's a high, high level more of a, um, errors that's being made if you're trying to multitask. So if you feel like you're multitasking because you want to be a better performer and more productive, it's absolutely not true. It's actually taken away from your productivity. The goal is to do one single mental thing at a time. Um, really, multitasking is actually a misnomer. It's the more accurate term is called task switching. Because every time you, you, know, you switch tasks, you're, you, know, you have to refocus your energy. And so it takes more time and there's definitely more mistakes. Um, the second thing that you mentioned is just um, as we're rewiring our brains for distraction is to is, focus is a muscle. Just like memory is a muscle for you. Creativity is a muscle. It's not something you have. It's something you do. It's like you don't have uh, creativity. You do creativity. You don't have memories. You do a memory. You don't have focus, you do focus. And the good thing about making it a process is you can duplicate it, right? There's a recipe there and because it's a verb as opposed to just you know a noun. And so with focus, it's something you could do, but every time, that's the benefit of being mindful, right? I think most of your listeners have some kind of meditation or mindfulness activity that they uh, support every single day. Um, if not, I would highly encourage it, but it's not the 20 minutes or 30 minutes of meditation and getting in that Zen-like state. Surely that's good to, to flow through alpha and theta brainwave states and such. Um, and what's even more important, I think, is that every single time you lose your focus and you bring it back in you know, to a thought or to a mantra mm -hmm. or to a point or to a space or to an energy, a gratitude, a feeling, uh, a breath, then you exercise, you build your, your mental focus, the muscle, your, your, your focus muscles. So it's not that you don't get loose focus, it's when you bring it back that you get the strength. And so I think one of the things is to be able to set your environment up to win, right? Yeah. So you, you, you talked about stop multitasking, also eliminate distractions. I mean, to focus, you gotta, when you need to study, you gotta turn your phone off. I mean, people are picking up oh, Instagram man. like over 50 times a day, yeah. over 50 times, and if that's something that you know, if you're doing it less, that means somebody's looking at Instagram even more than you are. <laughs> right. And yeah. there's ways of using technology in for your advantage, right? There's self-control apps like Freedom or Focus Me uh, to block out certain websites, you know, like social media um, or block out sites that you might visit, you know, when you should be focusing on something else. Right. So that, that's the other thing is just, and when I talk about focus, the metaphor that I use is that if you're outside and it's a nice warm day and you have a magnifying glass, you remember when you were kids you used to burn like leaves and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, when you see the light go through the magnifying glass, it creates a very bright um, focused you know, point there that um, is very highly concentrated. And it's interesting that the word bright describes it because it also, we use the word bright to describe really smart, intelligent people, right? Yeah. But maybe they're not smarter, maybe they're just better focused, like mm, that magnifying glass is doing to the light. And so there's a lot of power in being focused. All right, that was from my conversation with my friend Jim Quick, and that's episode 232. So make sure to check it out if it sparks that, that fire in you. All right, now this one. 
this one, number eight. It's with the icon. Icon alert. Another. This is special cloth talk. All right. This is Shanti. All right. The creator of the Insanity Program. Uh, just absolutely taking the world by storm. Right. He is not just with the fitness, but just his ability to communicate and to instill this sense of inspiration into what he's doing is just remarkable. You know, he's just really in a league of his own. And to be able to have this conversation, you know, he, uh, with him in the studio and hanging out and our friend, mutual friend, Danielle Natoni, she would tell me before we ever met, she knew that once we met, we would be lifetime friends. And I didn't know. I was just like, okay, the insanity, boom, you know, we're doing the knees. What? I didn't know. And she was right. Just like instant, like I know I, I got his back. He's got my back. Just such a good, good human being. And he really walks his talk. And what he shared on this episode, man, just so late. I mean, you've got to check this episode out if you happen to miss it. Uh, he shared his story. You know, he shared where he came from in his uh, his personal transformation, Shanti, T for transformation, and it will grab you by by the heart. And to actually understand and to 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 have the the courage to share your story. When you see somebody, you don't know what they've been through. Like they, you, we just tend to see the end result. You know, we see the glitz and glamour. We see the the cool things somebody might be doing on social media. We don't know their story. You know, and a lot of us, we've been through some tremendously difficult times. And the more that we can share and open up, you know, it can help when you share your story and you hear a story like what Sean shared, it can ignite the healing process for somebody else. And that's why I was so grateful that we had the opportunity to capture this moment and to share it with you. And again, very special and very powerful. Here's a conversation with Sean T. And I want to go back to what you said about through struggle comes strength. Everyone out there has a secret backpack on. You, me, full disclosure, the guys in this room with us right now, everyone has something that they've been through. But a lot of people ignore the strength that they come with it because they just want to get past it and get over it. And they say, I'm past that point in my life. But there's something great about survival and everything that you survive. There's something amazing that you learn. So my challenge, even at this moment, to anyone out there is what happened to you? What was the struggle that you had? But more importantly, what tool are you pulling out of your secret backpack? What is the superpower that you have from that moment? And for me, I learned how to not become the victim. You know, I learned how, should I have said something? Everyone could say, yes, you should have said something earlier or you should have told people, you should have told the counselor at school. But I didn't make that choice. But by not making that choice, what I built up was an, an immense amount of power and, and self-motivation to know that I can get through a lot of things. Now, I didn't find it out until later in life after I went through therapy. Trust and believe I, you know, I had my struggles along the way. And, and at that moment at my grandparents' house, it wasn't over. But, you know, I just want to make a point that every step of the way of any struggle that you have, there's so much power in your life and in your body. I just want people to know, to grasp on not only to the negative things that happen to you, but when you get through it, there's something amazing that you get from it. All right, we're at number nine. Number nine, these top 10 moments 
from the past 10 episodes. And this one is with my guy, Dr. Mark Hyman. And talk about, again, early in my career, mentor, somebody who's changing the way that I think. I learned a lot about what I then helped hundreds of people with type 2 diabetes. A lot of that knowledge that was, was ignited from learning from Mark Hyman. All right, he is the real deal. He's been helping people for decades. And again, his story from his own struggles, you know, initially, like he's a doctor. He's like, why am I so messed up? And, you know, he was a, a big advocate for his patients, but then he became an advocate for himself. And it transformed everything. One of my favorites, we had an amazing time, but again, just jewel after jewel after jewel was dropped in this episode. And we're looking at how companies like Pepsi are utilizing some of the smartest food scientists in the world to manufacture addiction, to make you a heavy user of the product. They're not taking prisoners, all right? And it's, it's just crazy to, to hear this stuff and to, and to start to look into what's actually going on behind the scenes and seeing what's being added to our food supply. It's just, it's outrageous. But if you don't know, you don't know. And that's why we have folks like Dr. Mark Hyman to share a little bit of the story and get us all enlightened to the real deal with our food. Check it out. Well, Pepsi has a, a whole meme. They go, well, we, there's food that's good for you and there's food that's fun for you. Mm. Now, what they mean by fun is literally fun in the sense of like an addictive party drug. Because wow. the foods yeah. that they produce are designed to create addiction and to hijack your brain chemistry and your metabolism and your taste buds. In fact, I met with the vice chair of Pepsi, nice guy, smart guy. He was the head of the Mayo Clinic Endocrinology, which is, you know, no shabby job before right. he got the job at, 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 uh, at Pepsi. He's also a diabetic. And uh, he was sitting at dinner with me and he was eating, you know, pasta, bread, desserts, sugar. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're diabetic. He says, no, no, if I take my medications and I run and I jog, I'm fine. And I'm like, well, let me get this straight. Is, is 1,800 calories of Pepsi the same as 1,800 calories of almonds or broccoli? He goes, yes. And I'm like, well, how does that make sense, even intuitively, right? <clears throat> we know now that all calories are not the same. So they have a very clear view that all calories are the same. So it doesn't matter if they're Coca-Cola or Pepsi calories or Dorito calories. As long as you don't eat too many and you exercise, you lose weight. And that is one of the biggest myths out there. Eat less exercise more will cause weight loss is just simply wrong. It's the quality of the food, not how much you eat that matters. Right. And, then he, and then he said, Mark, guess what? You know, we got this Westchester lab, we've harvested taste buds. We're actually going to create models where we can stimulate those taste buds and see how to maximally sort of create pleasure. And it's like, I'm like, whoa, you don't want to be telling me that. He says, come visit. I'm like, yeah, but you know, you don't, there's something called social media. You don't want me, you don't want me like advertising this stuff for you. And I was like, and he was really sincere about it, right. and he really felt this was a good thing. But when we look at you know the, the data on this, it's frightening. There's a guy named Michael Moss who wrote a book called Salt, Sugar, and Fat about uh, the food industry. And he interviewed 300 food industry executives and, and scientists and people who work for the food industry. And he, he found that internally they have things called taste institutes where they hire craving experts. These are scientists designed to create addiction that know how to use chemicals to alter your brain chemistry to create what we call the bliss point of food. And then they talk about heavy users. They want to create heavy users. So rather than getting someone like me to drink soda, they're going to go to the people who are already using and get them to be 
use more. Instead of drinking a liter of soda, they want them to drink two liters of soda a day. And they target the poor and the minorities. And they're, they're, you know, they seem like good actors and corporate social responsibility, but it's all a big charade to sell more products to, and privatize the profits and socialize the cost by all the fallout from consuming those foods on health, on, on, on our economy, on our agriculture. So it's really kind of a mess. And I think people don't understand the implications of the food they're eating. And it's not just a personal choice. They're having, with every bite of food they're taking, they're impacting our soil, our water, our environment, climate change, their health, the economy, our social structures, poverty, violence, everything is connected to the food we eat. All right, now we're at number 10. All right, this is 10 on these top 10 moments. And these very special people in my life who've had a profound impact on me. These are in no particular order. No particular order, but I had to bring in the anchor. All right, the anchor on the the 10 person relay today. And it's my guy, Eric Thomas, Dr. Eric Thomas, better known as E.T. And he's just had a, a big profound impact on my life personally. He's impacting the world. All right, he's changed the approach and what it seemed to be as a speaker. He's the number one speaker in the world. He's so good at what he does, but there's something very special about what he does. And it's because of the person he is. And I've seen him in various contexts. Like we've been in small events together, big events, uh, just hanging out. He is the same person through and through. He loves people. He cares about people. And he would go to the moon and back for you. And that comes through in his message, that comes through in his dedication to the work that he's doing. You know, when he was uh, in St. Louis recently, we did an event together here, the Take Control Conference, which you should have been at. Don't miss the next one, all right, if we do it again. But prior to that, this was maybe two years ago, they did an event here in St. Louis. And, you know, people pay to go to his various events, but what you don't know is that when he goes to a city, especially the last couple of years, he would do an event that's his own, but then he would go to detention centers. He'd go to uh, lower income neighborhoods and school systems there, you know, the middle schools, elementary schools. And he would, he would pour into these kids and really give them an opportunity to see what's possible, to remind them that they matter. That's who he is. And so again, very special uh, moment, very special opportunity being able to hang out with my friend and to feature him on the show. Check out this conversation with Dr. Eric Thomas. Yeah, I think for me, it's, you know, it's three components. I think the first one is you, you want to get your credit up in whatever you're doing. You know what I'm saying? I think, Sean, if you and I both sat here and talked about health, um, you'd blow me out the water. You know what I'm saying? And not just the information, but you've been doing it in terms of the physical, working out for years. You also had an ailment that you know that you studied and was like, I gotta get through this. You know, you, you've, you actually helped thousands and thousands and thousands of people do it. So there's a credibility that you have because you, you've become one with, the, with, with what you're doing. Whereas somebody who read a book and then say it, it's like, ah, that's good information, but some kind of way it's not coming across the right way. So I think the first thing you need to do is like literally live what you're talking about. And I, and I, I think a lot of people, you know, like I hear people shine, you know, how to make a million dollars. I'm like, bro, you, you in debt. You know what I'm <laughs> like, what do you mean how to make a million dollars? Like, what does that mean? Like you, you're making that up. You don't really believe that, you know, or you haven't lived it. So I think one, you know, 
the lived experience is always the best one. Number two, I did it every day, every single day. You know, I was either teaching a GD class or I was going to the hospitals and speaking, you know, just whatever, not necessarily in front of people, but my, like I said, my GD class, you know, church, I would get an opportunity, you know, go speak to elementary school, you know, go and serve at a, um, you know, at a shelter and not necessarily in front of everybody, but I'm one-on-one -on -one with this person and I'm perfecting, you know, my skill. And then the last one, which I think is the biggest challenge, people do what they do outside of the people they're doing it for. You know, it's the weirdest thing. It's like people self-proclaim, like I'm a great speaker. Who told you you were great? Like, was, was it the people that you were talking to? Did they tell you were great? Or did just, you just make up in your own mind you're great? And so I spent a lot of time, what do the people want to hear? What are, they, what are their challenges? What are they going through? So when you see me at a Michigan State still, you know, when you still see me at, the, at, a, as a, at a prison or, you know, at a shelter, I'm doing that because I need to be, I need to know the pulse of the people that I'm talking to. And there are a lot of people, they, they get, they, like they do it shine outside of the people that they're doing it for. And that's one of the things I appreciate about you when I was talking to you about, you know, my wife's health, you know, it was a, okay, E, let's talk about what, like, not some just R-E-M-S. It's like, oh, okay, what's your wife, what she, what's Didi going through right now? What is she experiencing? You know, because there'll be people who talk to me about MS, and I'm like, yo, my wife not in a wheelchair. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're talking to me like my wife, like, and, and I know people who are, but like, you're talking to me like my wife is in a wheelchair. Like, you, 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 you have not gotten to know my wife yet. So you're giving me some information not based on what she's really going through right now. So we need to talk about what, and I just think a lot of people, when they do their work, Sean, they don't care about the people that they're actually working for. They're so consumed with the work itself and speaking that it's like, yo, it's so easy for me to do what I do because I spend 30, 40 hours with people. And then when I talk, I only talk about what they told me they wanted to hear. You know, so I think if you do those three things, that's going to help you to get to that next level. What better way than to close it out with Eric Thomas? That's episode 263, so make sure to check it out if you've yet to do so. Again, we've got all of this in the show notes for you guys. So many profound moments, so many incredible people. Dr. Mark Hyman, Sean T, Jim Quick, Dr. Oz. Of course, my wife, Anne, Shalene Johnson, Mark Sisson, Lisa Nichols, and the incredible Dr. Bruce Lipton. All of these people have had a profound impact in my life, and I'm very grateful for you making me a part of your life and allowing me to uh, deliver these people and to deliver these messages to you because it means everything to me because I, I truly know that we're in this together. And if we're going to make this shift that needs to be made here in our communities and our world at large, we're going to be doing this together. And having access to information like this has never been seen before. You know, pot, it was not a podcast when I was coming up. You know, there was an access like this. I went to the library. It was Dewey Decimal System, right? What is what is that even? I would think about, like, when I would go to libraries, like Dewey Decimal System, I think it's like the the, the DuckTales, right? Ooh, right? Dewey, because it's Huey, Dewey, and Louie is the three little guys on the DuckTales. Shout out to DuckTales, though. Was that, like, the best cartoon ever? And if you think about it, though, they did a nice little pivot. Scrooge McDuck was all about his paper, but then he kind of had that opening. He became about his family too, right? The love. He's having it all. That's what this is all about. So message, 
be Scrooge McDuck. But seriously, be you. Be the best version of yourself. And in order to do that, we need to continue to surround ourselves, to immerse ourselves in information, in experiences, in the people that keep us uplifted, that remind us of how powerful we really are to affect change in our lives and in the lives of the, the people around us. All right, so that's what it's all about. So 300 shows, we got it. 300 shows in the bank, but just getting warmed up. All right, so we've got some incredible, incredible things in store. So if you found these messages impactful in your life today, of course, you can share this out with your friends and family on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. LinkedIn, share it on LinkedIn too with the business folks. They need to learn how to get healthy as well and get some inspirational messages. But right here in the app that you're listening to this on or if you're watching the video on YouTube, by the way, guys, if you're just listening to the audio, you can hang out in the studio with me. All right, you head over to YouTube, you can check out the video as well. All right, so you can share this out. Use the social media share features on whatever you're listening to this on and easily share it out with the people that you care about or any of these past episodes. We've got a wealth, we've got an archive of massive transformational value that you have access to, all right? And all you have to do is say yes, click play, take advantage. And that's what it's all about. I appreciate you so much for tuning into the show today. And again, be ready. Much, much more is in store for you. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.